0: we've seen many people claim that paganism was just for the nobility that it was just for the elite this is a lie paganism was quite literally everyone's default spirituality for the longest of times and here's the thing most people can tell with how most people do paganism or talk about paganism in the modern day the reason they scoff at like the viking pagans and the wiccans is you can tell looking at how they describe stuff that it's not a coherent spirituality. Where is the spirituality for the little old lady who lives in the village and has a little rose garden? Where is the spirituality for the young teenager coming of age? Where is the spirituality for the young child? Even the people that hyper-focus on the war aspects, people instinctively understand that they do not understand war. It's an idealized, fictionalized version of what paganism once was. Paganism was about the people. There was a little something for everyone. It was both extremely complex and extremely simple. And this is why paganism is about the people. It's about the community. And without the community, paganism can't truly flourish because you need other people to be human. And this is Hyperborean Radio. And I am the Lore Keeper, and with me today,
1: as always, is Celtic God. Hi. So, uh, plugs out of the way. We got shirts. We got stickers. Go to Teespring. Checks out, check out the checks out the things that we just have. Yes, as he said in Klingon there. Yes. Or whatever. Um,
0: uh, check us out on Patreon. You can buy us a book on the Buy Me a Coffee under Hyperborean Radio. And those are the plugs out of the way. And thank you to all of our patrons and the people that actually share us around and are like, you got to check these guys out because we do spread mostly through word of mouth and we're very thankful for the online
1: community that Mm -hmm. supports us. And and Bob sharing us with Frank, who shares us with Francine. And so I think, honestly, that's where most of our growth comes from is from personal shares. There are a couple channels that share us every now and then, but I think most of our growth actually comes from just the regular people, you know, much like heathenry. It's just the regular people doing regular people things.
0: Well, and that's the thing is most forms of paganism that people forget about this is it was preserved by the common folk. Like I've seen people claim the aristocracy preserved paganism. No, they wrote down paganism and they wrote down very specific subsections of it, Mm -hmm. which is what most of the primary sources are. But once you start digging into the history, you start digging into the folklore, the poetry, the folk songs, all these things, you realize just the sheer breadth of it. And you can't use the Eddas, you can't use the Tain, you can't use the commonly known Greek myths as a coherent thing. Because we've actually been talking about this. Paganism is a never-ending story. You cannot contain it in a library, in a hundred libraries, just of one people. And it differs place to place. I mean, we don't even like the people in the town next door,
1: typically. Well, shit, we might not like the people that live in the house next door.
0: So, this idea that there was this cookie-cutter paganism everywhere, it's just not a thing.
1: Super cohesive. I mean, it was cohesive, but not cohesive in the way that people think it is. I mean, there's no religion that's cohesive in the way that they think of cohesive religions, a la Christianity. Oh, yes. We we even covered that in the whole podcast, whole Christianity. Talk to 100 people, you get 100 different descriptions. But, uh, yeah, really, because Halloween's coming up. Building community and interacting as a community. And this actually does tie into our last podcast of if if you want to kind of pull people back to their natures, back to their ethnic faith, which is racialist, not racist, as as you like to say, you can't attack Christianity because what they think that you hear or you are attacking Christianity. But what they hear is you're saying that they are bad. My, they, my wife is bad. My husband is bad. My, my great-grandparents mo-
0: yes. are bad. My nephew's bad. bad my best, best friend's bad. bad, bad my neighbors which are bad. Which is not
1: what you're saying. That's not what you mean. You're actually attacking Christianity, but that's not what they're hearing. Well, so then what you do is be like, oh, you like Halloween. Let me share Halloween with you and be the most Halloweeniest motherfucker out there so that they're like, oh, yes, I, I wish I had the courage to be Halloween like that guy or that, that woman or that family. With, oh man, they go all out. Well, and this is something I found odd, is pagans
0: give up too much ground with the yes. folk Christians. Like Halloween. People try to go back to
1: Samhain. Halloween, if you're in America, is your Samhain. Right. Well, and really, Samhain just means the end of summer. Which is something different from uh, from Halloween or All Hallows' Eve. or It's actually a different thing. It really is a different thing. I know that there's people well, that just...
0: It's like July 4th got mad, but July 4th has the customs of midsummer, but it is not itself midsummer. Right. That's the thing is all of these holidays, whether they're secular like July 4th or um, they're supposedly Christian like Halloween, Christmas, Easter, uh, they're actually folk Christian or even just straight- up pagan. Like Halloween, mm-hmm. they don't even make a joke out of it. It's very obviously a pagan holiday.
1: Yeah. Almost no Christian will argue that Halloween is Christian. No, but they enjoy it anyway. So this is we're in that perfect time of the year to kick the door open for them and be like, yes, you are welcome. You are a good heathen. Oh, I've actually told people
0: like they'll ask, oh, do you celebrate Halloween? I'm like, yes, it's a pagan holiday. And they always are like, oh, because it, they know it, but they don't want to say it out loud. Yeah. And the reason this is important is a lot of people are trying to get back to this imagined like 12th century or whatever heathenry
1: no it, it kept going it just was yeah, slightly it, disguised honestly it never really stopped as far as the written down part which is what what you opened up with um for example there's i can't remember which set of books she wrote but is some of the irish lore and it was a noble lady and she she saw her culture dying the culture of of her people so then what she does is she goes around to all the villages, talks to, to all the elders, gathers up all the stories that she can. She writes it down. She almost gets in prison for uh, heresy. So she rewrites it with a Christian bent, which gets her out of trouble. That happened a lot, too. That mm-hmm. also happened to Jacob Grimm. Yes. Uh, his stories had to be rewritten several times because they were. So heretical.
0: Well, I think he actually probably because if you read Teutonic mythology, he knew about a lot more folk tales than he wrote down. I mean, down. he got it, some
1: stuff blatantly wrong, but
0: oh yeah. But like for instance, the there's only a handful of stories in Grimm's Fairy Tales that are explicitly have gods in them, like Mother Halle. Well, he
1: clearly knew about more of them than just that. The reason why I think Jacob Grimm got some stuff horribly wrong isn't because he didn't know what he was talking about or they had bad information. It was The academic um, understanding of the time. Well, no, it it was the academic trap. He wanted to be taken seriously, which means that he has to echo what all the other academics are saying to be taken seriously. Because before that attempt, he was mocked for writing these stories down, or they were mocked for gathering these stories and writing them down. And then especially trying to connect them to the ancient stories, to the pre-Christian. So... Yeah, he wanted to be taken seriously, to be taken seriously in academic circles. Just like today, you got to echo what the hell they say, even if it's wrong. So yeah, it, it's a slippery slope. The nobility really didn't try saving um, uh, heathenry. What they was the ones that did anything was trying to save the culture, and the culture they understood was wrapped up in the uh, traditions, wrapped up in the stories,
0: wrapped up in pre Christianity.
1: Right and then write them down but they have to be run by the church otherwise they get in trouble you well, know much like today even
0: well and here's the thing as we were talking about this is everyone thinks the aristocracy was very noble and was great heroes no if you look at history most of the heroes fall into one of two categories Bo- uh close to the bottom of the barrel and rose to prominence or was a prominent individual who fell to peasantry basically doing things Robin that, Hood yeah Robin Hood's the best example whereas Joan of Arc is a good example of the other one where it was right. basically a no a, a normal woman who rose to prominence
1: right and during the Christian times no good deed goes unpunished which is where heathens come in we need to stop that trend
0: we have to stop allowing Christianity and the culture that's built up around
1: it because or, let, let's let's just call it modernity we have to stop letting modernity punish The actual good deeds and start standing up and protecting the people that are actually doing good things.
0: Well, it's actually something we've talked about. One of the things that modern culture and these universalism uh, faiths and ideologies do is they sacrifice standards. Mm -hmm. That is one of the key differences between paganism and universalism. Ethnic faith is quality over quantity. You would rather have a hundred great men than a thousand barely competent men. Christianity is a numbers game. Uh, all universalism is a numbers game. Yeah,
1: it's yeah, it's not just just un, uh, just Christianity. It's it's all of it, all of it, even right up into the the current day with the political arguments. It's just a numbers game for them.
0: Well, that's why they always try to appeal to the broadest one, and eventually it just devolved into uh, bribery. Right, because that's what a lot of politicians will do now. Like, I will cut your taxes. I will literally give you money. It's the same thing that all universalism does, which is what a lot of politicians are doing now. They're building cults of personality. But that's another topic.
1: Yeah, that's a, another topic, and it's a big one. And it does link into um, communities and, and building culture. But, yeah, the, the upcoming holiday, Halloween, and every holiday, really, every holiday that we celebrate in the West, it is an opportunity to invite people in. Okay, like where I work at. There's some people will tell me I'm a good Christian and that God is working through me and speaking through me, even though I tell them that I'm heathen and I believe that their God is a cannibal and a liar. I've even come right out and said things like I believe the different races are completely different species. We're not just variations on the same species. We are completely different species that just happen to look the same. Yes, I have big pendulous balls in a spine of steel. And I don't say it with hatred or anger.
0: No, you say it matter of fact. Matter
1: of fact. And then they forget for some reason I said that. And then they're like, oh, you're such a good Christian. I've started returning with, no, you're a good heathen. Oh, yes. And watch them rock back on their heels.
0: Well, it's also I've only
1: got to test it a couple times. But, man, does it rock them back on their heels and they don't know what to say.
0: Well, it's a lot like when we tell people, oh, no, I believe in your God. Mm -hmm. But I believe he's a liar. That's I've seen people literally just kind of rock back like they don't know what to do
1: with that because they're so used to
0: arguing it's, with it's atheists. breaking
1: the script and it's actually kicking the door open in their mind that they didn't even know was there.
0: Well, and actually, this actually ties into the old school pagan, like not like before the coming of the church, but during the reign of the church. This is all you had to do to be a pagan. Stop going to church.
1: Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why the church builds so many churches is because. The church right up until 1950s-ish admitted that all it takes for for our people to go back heathen is to stop going to church. They stop going to church, they become heathens. They can't help it. These people can't not do it. That's why they need the churches. That's why they need the priests on every freaking block. Just hoping, just the presence. You don't have to actually go. It's just seeing that it's there. And therefore, in the back of your mind, In the subconscious level, everybody else is doing the same thing. Most people, by nature, this is not a dig at anybody. By nature, because it has to be this way, most people are followers. The difference between Christians, for instance, because we're in America, so why not? We'll pick on them. And heathens is most, okay, while most Christians are followers, most heathens are naturally followers. You have to because you need more followers than leaders. However, with the Christians, most of them are not equipped to lead. With heathens, everyone should be equipped to step up and and lead if need be.
0: Oh, yeah, because if you lose your leader, you can't just completely fall to unfunctional levels. Mm
1: -hmm. And really, that's how most of modernity is set up is there's very few leaders, lots of followers, but most of the followers are not capable of leading at all. A lot of them think they are, but they're not.
0: Well, and that's the thing is, pagans were meritocratic by nature. That's why this whole well, you had caste systems. No, no, we didn't. There were, if you're from a family of weavers, you're more likely to become a weaver. But you might also become a warrior. You might become a hunter. You might become a crazy person gibbering on the street corner.
1: Yeah, a crazy person gibbering on. I the mean, street there's corner. not much difference between them. But right.
0: <laughs> the, uh, so there's no guarantee. But it's just like in the modern day, you have a. Not quite as bad. Like this extreme between the different levels and the different career opportunities and jobs, this is a very modern thing. But the you grow up, your dad is a carpenter. He'll probably teach you carpentry because he's your first mentor. Your mother and father are typically
1: your first mentors. So you probably pick up a bit of carpentry. If I mean, you, this that's fallen off recently. It shouldn't have. There's no reason for it, but it has.
0: Well, a lot of it, I think, comes down to the fact that Let's say you're a uh, a uh, party planner. That's a bit
1: hard to properly teach to your kids. It's such an abstract job. Well, that and um, for a generation or two, somebody was I don't know. They built houses for a living. They they was just a framer. They they just built the frames of houses. They didn't view their job as being important, so they didn't teach it to their kid. So that their kid would then go to school, go to college, get a good grow up, be a a good job, be a fantastic college educated person doing college educated things. So we didn't teach our kids the trades in general. Some people did, but most people didn't.
0: Well, and it's that generational knowledge that's been lost. Mm -hmm. And actually, people have very much noticed this. And there's a rallying cry. Bring back the nuclear family. The nuclear family was itself a PSYOP. Yeah. We used to live in larger family groups. And then they shrunk it down to the nuclear
1: family. Well, and for anybody that that doubts it, yes. It was a larger group, and it got broken down to the nuclear family, which, in essence, cut out aunts, uncles, cousins, grandma, grandpa.
0: Grandkids, in
1: some cases. Grandkids. Well, and the grandkids by proxy, because it's just husband, wife, children. That's the nuclear family. The nuclear family is husband, wife, children. But no, what we need is a nucleus family. I I, I don't There's know no, how to describe it. Uh, we need it. clans again. Yeah, we need clans. We need not just one, not just the, the father's or the mother's parents or for the grandparents. We need both or Two, three generations, and the aunts and uncles, and the cousins, and everybody knows everybody's name, and everybody gets together. Like you can't fit them all in a house. You have to also use the yard, even if they don't like each other. Even if there's fist fights, and just everybody agree. Okay, if there's a fist fight, we just surround it so the neighbors don't see. We pretend that we're dancing, and nobody calls the cops.
0: Well, and that's the other thing is the state is way too involved in everyone's business, yeah. and has been for some time. Because, like, uh, your family, you used to have celebrations. You'd kill a pig. It wasn't sacrifice in the way that people think of it. Well, it in was, the way
1: that the church would describe it.
0: Well, I mean, even when you look at old-school pagan, quote-unquote, sacrifices, it basically is barbecue. Mm-hmm. So you killed a pig, you slaughtered it, then you cook it, and you eat it. It's You're sacrificing the pig to the people. It's not a... It's not complicated. You just call well, it butchery and cooking. It's yeah. not that complicated. People thought you were committing devil worship and called the cops
1: on you. Yes, this really did happen. People are goofy. That, that's, that's all I can say. People are goofy.
0: Well, and because you grew up in an area that was still really heathen-minded, even though most people were officially Christian— mm-hmm you had the opportunity for unique things like uh you told me about this celebration of fourth of july and i think it was grand
1: Marais in the yeah. up
0: and they were like nobody's paying for this so we're just not going to do it this year
1: yeah so everybody that, comes from all these other towns and they don't pay, help us pay for the the celebration that we throw here for our town members so we just aren't going to do it this year that that's what they said and it, it happened anyways
0: oh yes instead of getting the fire department's hoses. People just got their own hoses out. Okay, we don't have a band. Uh, I got a guitar at home. I can bring it out and play. I'm not great. And then everybody's half in the bag and enjoying the okay guitar player. And then everyone's sharing beer because the whole, you can't drink till you're 21. That's modern. That's incredibly modern. Uh, I mean, especially in like Michigan and Wisconsin. I think in Wisconsin, it's still... You, so long as you have a guardian with you, you can drink at pretty much any
1: age. I think so in Wisconsin, but they, they nixed that in, in Michigan.
0: But it was, you told me about the story, and it was
1: hilarious because all of a sudden the kid had
0: 15 parents. Yes. Because they were sharing beer with him. Yeah, and because somebody called
1: other. the cops, some fucking stick in the mud called the cops, and then the cop, the only thing that the cops could find was the minor drinking beer. And there became a whole ring of. of people around this kid that was playing the guitar because he he was the one that was like i'm not that good but i'll try and yeah there's a whole bunch of, of people surrounding him literally made a wall of bodies and they was all like oh no he's my kid they yeah i'm his guardian
0: what do you have a problem with polyamorous asexual relationships
1: <laughs> right that wasn't said but that is funny
0: and that's pretty much how it works it's like uh, another example from Your days in the UP. Your family is this massive
1: Celtic clan. You have a giant party in the uh, local That stemmed from two people. From two people coming over. Two people, the 13 children, who then also had 10, 12, 13 children. One of them, I think, had 16, who then also had multiple children. So you went from two to hundreds of people. And then extended fa- extended family because they're married to they're we're not married to each other. So then there's tho- those family members and then there's the their extended family and friends that occasionally show up. So ultimately, our circle grew to give or take a thousand people at one point, probably more. And this is the power of clans, people, because I just realized uh, so much so that my family was banned from having gatherings of over 150 of us because, because we would actually stand up to the police.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you'd be like, well, you can come in, but you might not want to bring that gun because someone will yeah. take it from you. Yeah,
1: is a literal warning that was given on more than one occasion. You can come in, but I suggest that you lock your, your sidearm in your glove box or something because you come in here and you start acting the fool. Somebody will take that gun from you and beat you with it.
0: And this is why families and clans and tribes and just healthy communities in general are typically discouraged by powers that be.
1: Oh yeah, they they don't want large groups of people banded together. They just don't. No, well, no, no. They want large groups of individuals.
0: They want us all atomized because we're easier to pick off one by one. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to develop things. There's well, no way and with, to push the clan,
1: with a claim. with a OK, if you got a thousand individuals, they go to arrest a couple people. You just let them be arrested. However, if a, the thousand people love each other, they are arresting anybody, be, especially because if they're in the right. The, this is my family and I love them and they did something that's in the right. Are you going to actually let somebody cause them harm? Let them be punished for doing something Right not when there's a thousand of a thousand of us and there's 20 of you fuck you because families quickly turn into uh war bands war bands e- even if they're not trained for it they they still become war bands that's why they want us broken apart and that's why we need communities is to protect each other to build those bonds which is why they've destroyed holidays christmas has become a monetary holiday same uh, with
0: halloween same with easter Fourth of July barely exists. Mm-hmm. And it's because these are all bonding ceremonies.
1: Right. I mean, you go to the Fourth of July celebration here where, where we live, tens of thousands of people. You would think this is a really tight-knit community. No, it's tens of thousands of individuals.
0: It's uh, just like in folk Christianity, it's churches of one. In modern society, it's nations of one. Everyone is either out for themselves or even if they're more generous, more caring. They're so isolated, they can't do anything.
1: Right, and we're all aware that even within the family unit, let's go back to the nuclear, the, the nuclear family, you have the husband and the wife and the children. We've been so atomized that they will sell each other out and just stand by and watch, watch the government, watch strangers abuse their family, rip their family apart, and they're like, but there's nothing I can do. It's because we are so we are atomized to that point. We need to fix that. We Wanted. need to start building actual communities where we care about each other, trust each other. Husbands and wives in general don't trust each other. I like to think the ones that are married that are listening to us do. But in general out there in society, no. The husband and wife is at each other's throat and they're distrustful of their kids and the kids are distrustful of the parents. Well, and the the
0: modern society is literally turning the kids on the adults. Like right. the the January 6th thing, not to get too political, but there were children selling out their parents, parents selling out their kids. It was all a just whole for thing. a
1: pat on the back from a stranger, from the government. Yeah. All this needs to come to a screaming halt and how you do that is by building trust with each other. One good step is the homeschooling. There's a reason why there is the public schooling and you, you need to send your kids to to school and why they're pissed off. So pissed off that everybody hasn't gone back to work. And they're calling us lazy. And I've, I've had regular people that's not part of the system come to me with that and then got them to shut up where I'm like, yeah, you, you know what? I think it's a good thing. Due to this last couple years, people realized... We don't need all the streaming services. We don't need the cable because we don't watch it anyways. We only need, for entertainment, one or two um, streaming services. Generally, I'm just on Twitter. They stopped wasting money. They don't need the 14 cell phones, and we've been homeschooling anyways, so the family unit is actually getting rebuilt a little bit, and they figured out you don't need both. In most cases, or in some cases, half the case, whatever the, the proportion is, but you don't need both parents working full-time jobs sending their kids to daycare because if you're taking care of your own kid, there's one bill gone. You don't have to pay for daycare. They're teaching their own kids so they know what their kids are learning or not learning. It's a more fulfilled, tighter, tighter net unit. Because the, the kids are spending more time with the parents. The parents are spending more time with the kids and each other. Because how many, how many people before this whole COVID thing? One, one, the husband works second shift. The wife works first shift or third shift. So they're barely seeing each other. When they're home, they're sleeping. So they don't actually see each other. Well, when they're home together, one of the people are sleeping. So they barely see each other. The, the kids barely see them. That, that's an atomized family.
0: Well, and part of what they've done is they've so warped things that people don't see past 100 years ago. I mm-hmm. mean, people have pointed it out. After World War I and World War II, effectively there was this— They
1: rewrote history.
0: Yeah. Everything before that effectively doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. If you look at how, even how—because it was bad when they taught school, uh, history to me in my high school, which was you know, over a decade ago. I've heard nothing but nightmarish stories at how bad the education system is from Mm -hmm. Gen Zers. And here's the thing, is people think that it was traditionally the woman took care of the kids. And that's true to a point, but here's what actually typically happened. Mother takes care of the infant. By the time the infant's able to...
1: Oh, yeah, and just to clarify, you're talking pre-industrialization.
0: Pre-industrial... Pre-industrial revolution, especially in rural areas. The woman takes care of the infant... And then when it's able to toddle, it goes and learns and, st- and stays in the protection of the dad and the various communities. Kids run around doing kids things with barely any supervision. They come back. Basically, well, barely
1: any supervision isn't the right no, word because they are supervised. Yes. But they're just not micromanaged. They're presided over, but yes. they're not ruled over.
0: I guess it's like they're not managed like helicopter parents. Nowadays. Right. Well, but,
1: because even at like, um, well, what about the minors? There was kids running all over, not down in the mines. They'd be running all over the top and learning. And, and I'm not talking about the Breaker Boys, which was absolutely fucking atrocious. But they might be helping. Or odds are they're over playing on some hill, probably playing, playing with each other. And the adult males are watching them. And then when the, the adult males are on break, the kids get closer. The adult males are like, don't be right here because this is dangerous. You can watch, but stand over there like 15 feet away and you can watch from there or go play with Tommy and Melissa.
0: And that's kind of what people don't understand is the husband also took care of the kids as much, if not more than the mother
1: Mm -hmm. or uh, on ranches, the, the, the cattle hands, the the people on the horses actually taking care of the cattle and whatnot. A lot of times they would take their kids or, their sisters' kids or whatever—they'd be taking kids with them on the drives, and the kids just riding saddle with them. Not at all times because it's dangerous. Sometimes they couldn't go on the drive because it's too far.
0: It's too far, or it's through too treacherous territory.
1: Right. But what
0: it turns into really quickly is both parents take care of the kids because both—and well, not even just both parents—it's like the entire family, the entire family, the entire community. If Say the father is away a lot for work, or w- worse yet, he dies. The uncle, the family friend, there are other father figures to help take care of the kid should the father perish. Mm-hmm. And this is what people forget is both parents used to work from home. Yeah. It wasn't in across the board because there were still traveling jobs. But you ever notice like the the merchants that travel a lot, their family
1: tends to travel with them. Mm-hmm. It's not an isolated guy just traveling well like they'll, they'll point at um, fuck his name starts with an M uh, they even did a show about him uh, where he went to China uh, Marco Polo yes Marco Polo and they're like oh uh-uh, look at Marco Polo Marco Polo was the exception to the rule he went on very long voyages and even he ended up taking his son at some point with him but his son had to grow up before he'd go with him because he was gone for years at a time But he's the exception to the rule. Most merchants didn't travel around the world. They'd travel
0: to the next town. Or in some cases, in big enough areas, they'd just stay there and man their stall. And then the kid will probably be there learning how to haggle, learning how to deal with merchandise, Mm -hmm. all the things that are needed it's where the concept of family businesses where the kids worked there before there were all these labor laws and i'm not against the labor laws because they were more than happy to take advantage of children working in the industrial revolution breaker boys yes breaker boys the uh, children that worked in factories with terror uh, workhouses the loom,
1: the, yeah the loom things the workhouses in the victoria age victorian age uh, yeah so yes but there's that a very big bad.
0: difference between Helping mama make the bread for the bakery to an extent versus, okay, we're going to go to the factory. Uh, make sure you, your tiny fingers are the ones that can get the loom unstuck.
1: Yeah. It, While it's moving. Yes. yes. The, the, the big, huge difference. Well, and then I, I mentioned the extended family actually helped take care of the, raise the children, right? This notion has also been polluted. Thank you, Hillary Clinton. It takes a village to raise a child. It does, just not the way she meant it. Not with what it is that they did. She pushed it into child care. She pushed it into CPS, micromanaging all the families. She pushed it into governmental oversight. Well, what she did, That what, is not what we're talking about at all and should never have been a thing.
0: No, what it is is it's instead of the community aspect... Is the communist aspect right? Because the if you've ever read the Communist Manifesto, they very clearly want to atomize the family to the point where the parents and the kids aren't even connected. Mm-hmm. It's a village that raises the child, and no one raises the child. Right.
1: Well, and in a real village, a real community, the mother and the father are the rule setters. It's not okay just because um, Aunt Ruth said that you can go outside and go play out in the forest after dark. Mom and Dad said no. So the answer is no. It doesn't matter what Aunt Ruth says. It doesn't matter what Uncle Bob says. Mom and dad are still mom and dad. Their rule is the highest. And then everybody else just kind of enforces it and maybe helps you bend the rules a little bit.
0: Oh, yeah. Like the, the fun uncle stereotype. Right.
1: Just as so long as it doesn't go too far, because then the fun uncle ends up probably getting punched in the face.
0: Punched in the face, uh, exiled, borderline, it de- it alienated. It There's the all the
1: full spectrum. Well, of
0: it, it's too complicated a thing to really go over in a single
1: podcast. Mm-hmm. But And just on what you were saying before, because we're going to end up talking about this probably in another podcast, the atomization of the family, and it's in the, the Communist Manifesto. Guess what kind of country we live in. Okay, that's all I had to say about that.
0: Oh, yes. But the other thing is the elders were also some of the primary caregivers Mm -hmm. for the kids. It's not that they were the caregivers, caregivers specifically. So they might basically babysit. They might teach. But the parents are still
1: hurt. How do I handle this? Grandpa might teach a new trick on tying a fly. There's the full spectrum again, but it's caregiving, not necessarily training. But they might step into that a little bit.
0: Well and it's again broad brush strokes because there are always exceptions to the rule no matter what time period you're mm-hmm. in. But this is what they've taken from us. This is what has been done to atomize our people. I mean, our people are convinced that we don't really have strong family ties. We're convinced that we don't have a connection to nature. We're convinced of all these things that are just not true.
1: Well, like the grandparents spoiling the children. That happened literally because of the, the nuclear family. Before that it's not that the grandparents didn't spoil the children, but they spent more time with the children. So it, it was less of that. It was less of, oh, your mom don't want you having having cookies after 6 o'clock here. Have three dozen cookies so that you'll love me because I won't see you again for six months.
0: Yes, they start buying the love because they're not around their family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's part of the reason why to tie it back into paganism.
1: Well, that all, is paganism, all, all of it.
0: All of it is paganism, but this is why paganism is so entwined with the family, with the community, because if you think about it, think about how your family celebrates, I don't know, Christmas, because most people don't celebrate Yule in the West. They celebrate Christmas, even though, yeah, they're the same thing, et cetera, et cetera. Your family does not celebrate Christmas the exact same way even your cousins do. Mm -hmm. So what makes you think that everyone celebrates any of our holidays exactly, exactly the, the same way even way back when you're telling me the northern tip of Norway we follow
1: guidelines not rules well and people, you want to watch us start I don't know being dickish I guess start laying out rules hard Start rules. being
0: obstinate as yeah.
1: fuck but guidelines we can follow guidelines like a champ
0: oh yes because it's there's and so we enforce the rule. guidelines oh yes but like, uh, there was a family up north. You were dating one of their relatives, and they wanted to make you feel welcome. So they did a bunch of research into heathenry and Yuletide customs, and they basically threw a big Christmas party. Mm-hmm. But they tried to make it as pagan as possible, and they kind of went this interesting route where they were like, okay, this is too Christian, so we know that's not right. And then this just sounds too extreme for us, so we're not going to do it.
1: And then they actually, by doing that, they actually ended up almost in dating. that sweet spot. It, it was, it was perfect. It was in that sweet spot. There was other things that they typically do that they could have done. But there was, it was perfect because some of the side things that they, they didn't plan happened naturally. They happened on accident. Like when the gift, when the gift giver was giving the the gifts. To the children from the the wild hunt or the wild ride that they did, because they actually had people on horses riding around the farm and through the forest and whatnot, so that you could hear them and hear the horses neighing, and it was it was fantastic. But then once it got dark, then they come, then they came in, and they have the gift giver, and then they had the flanking horsemen, and two two of them. Most of the people stayed on the horses watching. But two of them got off and actually flanked the gift giver like like what they are. They're guards. They're guardians of the gift giver. And this created because they're dressed in in black and black cowls or black cloaks. And they got masks over their face because they don't want the kids to recognize them. And the kids have to face fear because these are big, intimidating, dark figures in the dark. Who was just hooting and hollering, and the horses was neighing, and it's very scary. And the one guy has what he called an orc sword, which was just a steel bar with some stuff wrapped around it, so he could hold on to it. And the other guy had a, a stick bow, rather than a regular bow, or rather than his bow, because the kids might recognize it or recognize it as being modern. So he made a stick bow, and they're flanking the gift giver. These kids have to come forward with these huge dark. Ominous figures that don't have faces looming over the gift giver who's like, "Come here, it's okay, you're safe. take take your gift it, it, that little detail. they didn't plan that. That was just literally because those two guys couldn't see and they wanted to watch the kids get their gifts.:
0: Well, and uh, one of them was supposed to be Hearn the hunter, but he forgot Hearn's name, yeah, so he's just the hunter. and then I think you said one of the others the, was the one to be with loaded. the orc
1: sword. I think he was supposed to... I think they based it off from English folklore. Well, it is kind of a little bit everywhere. But I think that aspect they based off from like the English folklore. And I think he was supposed to be Wode. Uh, Wode, Wode or, or Woden. Woden. One of the two. Yeah. Who was the other guard. And that guy didn't say anything because he didn't want to give away who he was. He was a younger guy. He, he, and, he didn't have the base to his Yeah, voice. he knew that he was impersonating a god, so he didn't want to give away his, that one he's he's youthful and two who he is because he understands the kids not knowing who they are and the other people not being sure who's who is an important part of the celebration so he just stayed quiet which made him even more intimidating to these kids even though he was he was interacting with them and he picked a couple of them up and lots of pictures was taken no santa claus it was it was amazing and then they felt bad because, well, they felt, they didn't feel bad. It was, they was like, well, normally we have a lot of Santa Clauses and stuff like this. And I'm like, well, you could have done Santa Claus because he's pagan as fuck too.
0: Oh, yeah. Just de coca him a little yeah. bit.
1: Yeah, de coca cola him. And, and, yeah, they accidentally did it perfect. There was probably a couple hundred people there participating. Well, uh, the, the riding party, I think, was a square 20 people.
0: And... A good time was had by all mm-hmm. to the point where uh, some of them actually ended up leaving the church and they talked to you about how the creator deity didn't really feel right this one creator deity and how they can kind of they can tell that their farm has like a god or something there like a spirit or a god they don't know which because
1: the other farms when what, when uh, they had bad years their own farm did well yeah. whether their the other farms livestock were dying or just not breeding or or lack of crop growing Theirs consistently did well
0: and they could tell there was something there. They could feel it. Mm-hmm. And this is why, like, it used to be a thing in uh, Sweden when uh, it was Christian is, uh, Christianizing. If there was a bad year, but a farm did well, people would throw accusations of you are venerating the tomte gods.
1: Y- yeah. The, witchcraft, the witchcraft, devil worship.
0: Oh, yeah. And all the agra- a lot of these customs are from, quote unquote, the witch cults or the folk Christians mm-hmm. or all these other things. What it is, is it's the rural pagans and the pagans that think they're Christians just doing what they've always done. It changes over time. Like the costumes for Krampus, for instance, they have not always looked the way they do. Like a lot of them now are made out of fake fur and plastic. No, it used to be like wood carved masks with various different regional Mm -hmm. styles Fur. it. Yes, these things change over time, but they're still the same thing. It's a continuation.
1: But for getting people, for building communities and getting people to embrace their, their ethnic faith. In, in particular, Hyperboreans, because that's the easiest for us. I, okay, anyways, I'm just going to stick to that. It seems the key is ha- being welcoming, having fun. Not being overly serious when you don't need to be overly serious. So having fun, genuine fun relaxed fun and then telling them what good heathens they are. You are doing the most wonderful things for uh, and, and heathenry. This is what it is. This fun that you're having, that's what ethnic faith is. Well, and this think, community that you're feeling, that is what ethnic faith is.
0: Precisely, cuz like we said earlier, when pagans stop going to church they become pagans Mm -hmm. and then what do they do they hang out in the community they go mumming they go caroling they go trick-or-treating they go to the barbecue and they sing a song when everyone's half in the bag and they're playing a guitar with three strings none of which are tuned properly right they have fun this whole stick in the mud extremely serious pagan never existed i mean what about during war yeah of course you're serious in war but you're not going to act the but
1: there's no rule saying that you even have to be serious in a war.
0: No, you can have fun. I, I mean
1: historically it has happened.
0: Oh yeah, people used to right. comment on how joyous and laughing people right.
1: running into battle laughing laughing hysterically.
0: Well, I mean it even you can even think of it like uh people that like to fight. They like to fight for the fun of it. Yeah. It's it's not even about the
1: hurting people, it's just the blood, the adrenaline, the raw. Right. Well, and there's there's so much to it. And if somebody this is the, the easiest answer I can give to somebody that's a folk Christian that com, that comes to me and they're like, yeah, all this Christian stuff, it feels off, but I don't know how to be heathen. This is the advice that I've given most of them. Take oily Josh, send him back to Jerusalem. He has nothing to do with you. You're your Yahweh creator. God, he's a liar. Send him back to Jerusalem. He has nothing to do you do with you. He is the god of the Semites, and then just be you. Just do what it is that you normally do. Go to work. Love your family. Play. Go fishing. play with your family. Yeah. Go fishing. Go for walks. Spend time with your family, your friends. Have cookouts and Inv- invite strangers over to have to a cookout in your yard. If you have twenty friends and family that has your back because you built that that tight net of a group invite five strangers because if they start something silly you got 20 people having your back 20 against five if you only have four invite one
0: well I think this is part of why it's so hard for people to get back into having clans having tribes having communities whatever you want to call it is one people are too serious they're Mm. not having enough fun they don't they're not having fun with what they're doing they're, they're putting on too much of a live show in the
1: moment, except for not to the extreme that a lot of people say mean it now. No YOLO. Yeah, Yolo, no YOLO. YOLO is a bad we, we live multiple times.
0: <laughs> and I've actually noticed this thing online with a lot of pagans and kudos to them. They're trying. Mm-hmm. People are trying to restart tribes. But at best, at best, a lot of them are hitting gangs or gaggles. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to be disparaging. It's. Or demeaning,
1: tell. it's just the way that it is, it's a matter of fact.
0: Yes, and there's nothing wrong with those, but it's not a tribe. And because we fight against the, the new speak, the corruption of language, I have to call a, a spade a spade. They're gaggles and gangs. They're not tribes. Because, like I said at the beginning, where is the paganism, where is the culture for the little old lady with the garden, the young child, the the, the teenage? It's it's
1: I mean off. technically tribe is from a latin word that means three or try
0: but there's no better word yeah
1: there's we don't have a better word but what they what they're trying to describe is a family an extended family a community Uh, which can include friends that aren't blood related if you're that close and you i don't know bled and sacrificed for each other and you would gladly do it again then they are family if so that's what it is. That's what a tribe is. A tribe is a family. These other things, which are gangs and gaggles, are they really willing to go that far?
0: Well, I think, honestly, it comes down to, like we've said before, people are trying too hard.
1: Well, I got his back. I would get in a fight for him, and I would die for him. But would you let him move in your house with your wife and your children? And that's a good question. And 99% of the time, the answer is no.
0: Well, and this this is before you even get into the gods. Because quite honestly, the gods,
1: like... The gods are tertiary, honestly. Go-
0: well, like, the Hearn the Hunter, the Woden, the, the people playing the gods and the spirits mm-hmm. of the Wild Hunt in the Christmas celebration that oh, you had. and it was
1: film. awesome because they understood what the responsibility was, that they was actually taking on a persona. And... Um, that whole thing you, you see it sometimes when the carver's talking about like carving the Perston mask or the and he's like I don't I start the process but I don't finish it. It just kinda of flows or the performer, he's like, I can feel the spirit enter me. They describe the same thing that when they first got dressed up, they felt silly. It's just a thing that we're gonna do. But then after after a very little bit, they're like it's like I could feel it inside of me.
0: Yes, the gods are present, but they need someone there as a stand-in, more Mm -hmm. or less. But they were a minor part. They were a highlight. They were a highlight of the celebration, but they were a minor part. They were the punctuation mark. They were the exclamation mark. Yeah. Let's let's go with exclamation mark, with maybe a little bit of a question mark, like, ooh. Yeah. But that's, that's what the gods are. It's not that they're not important. It's not that they're not a part of the community. It's that you need a community to have we're alive we're alive it's about the people it's about freedom it's about community it's about family that's paganism when people start getting really weird with it why that that's my question what is this done for people what is what is meditating on old germanic letters ever done for anybody whereas you can hours you can go to the pub and just have fun with the guys, get half in the bag and and sing a song, do a little dance, play darts, accidentally throw one in the back of Fred's head, and have that's way more pagan than crossing your legs and going
1: rune, rune. right or a sacrifice to the the nature gods rather than going out there and performing some some ceremony and then planting a seed and going through all the getting down on your knees and saying prayers and whatnot. Why don't you just go out and feed the birds? Oh, like uh the pigeons. Like people that go out Yeah, if if you're in a city, feed the pigeons. That is a very pagan thing to do. People our people do it all the time. Without thinking about it. And that is the best way to do it. You just you just do the thing. You become the thing. You're not doing it for any recognition. You're not doing it for Uh, some empty ceremony or rite or ritual or uh, god look at me i'm feeding your your birds no you're just feeding the birds because because you like to and because the birds are hungry
0: well and for all this hate pigeons get i would like to remind people pigeons are are a war heroes and b A lot of the reason they're in the cities is because we brought them either as food, we brought them as racing birds. Well, and calling them
1: rats with wings while it's accurate, it's also disparaging. They are rats with wings out of necessity, because they're not adapted. They're mountain
0: birds. They 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 was abandoned. They were abandoned, and then they're mistreated. And then here is the thing: there are got like uh, Frau Hark is actually associated with the dove. The dove is just a white pigeon. I mean that's actually. That's uh-huh. actually what a pigeon is, is a rock dove. Yeah. So don't just because the animal isn't super cool like a raven or a wolf doesn't mean it's not valuable. Well,
1: and if you want to venerate Othin and you live in a city, guess who, whose eyes he's watching from. Yeah, it's he, not from the ravens. It's not from the wolves, which aren't in the city. It's, it's from the, the rats and the pigeons and the stray dogs.
0: The animals that are forgotten and neglected, just like the people who are forgotten, neglected, and desperate. That is
1: Othens in the modern day, yeah. Well, that's and why, has been for over a century. Well, that's why he has ravens. They're carrion birds, mm-hmm. and, and the the ravens and and wolves. Cool imagery, and he, he I'm he still is associated with them. But if you think about it from an urban's perspective, well, it's going to be the pigeons, the stray dogs, the stray cats, the the rats. It's the animals that nobody pays attention to the stray animals, the the feral ones roaming the streets because that's who Othan is. Including the feral people living on the streets. They're abandoned, they're forgotten, they're they're desperate. uh
0: And those are who Oathen is tied to. And this is the thing that people forget is, yes, myths and culture does localize to an extent. Like Mm -hmm. a good example of this is Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is an explicitly American tradition.
1: Well, and it's not celebrated the same everywhere across America even today. No. I mean, there's also Marmot
0: Day. And like uh, when you were up in the UP, people would do the same tradition but with a bear, Mm -hmm. which is what was done in Europe.
1: Until um, the bear was taken from us.
0: Yes. And the bear was taken from people in Europe who did the same thing. So what did they do? They replaced it with a badger. They replaced it with a hedgehog or a fox or whatever animal was semi hibernating for the holiday and
1: specifically cyber uh, cyber uh, semi semi hibernation.
0: Not not cyber hibernating. This isn't cyberpunk. Correct. But that's the thing is, yes, these things localize. Like, let's say someone wants to do Krampus. You could do a rural goat. But Krompus is more the Alpine Ibex, so it's a mountain goat. So you could do a rural goat, like one that a farmer has. Or if you're in an area where you're allowed to hunt, say, the bighorn sheep or the oh, mountain goats. Yeah. Those would make some epic Krampus gear. Here's the, the
1: size f- of those horns are unbelievable, let alone the animal.
0: Oh, yeah, and they're huge. People, they're Way bigger than, bigger
1: than the Ibex.
0: And the thing is, is Krampus, while he's often portrayed goat guy, that's not... How that's only always,
1: one of his visages. Vis- he's vis- a wild colleges. man
0: god. It's just the, the most popular way mm-hmm. of depicting him is with the goat. It's horns. cool. It's the coolest one.
1: But it's not the only one. So some areas he might not have horns at all. He might not even have a face. There's some areas where you know, basically tripping over it when I wasn't looking for it. This is actually that's actually how I find most of the cool information. I'll be looking at look doing research into I don't know, fishing boats. And then I've trip over something where it's oh the local custom uh the local cro- Krampus custom in this region right here people dress up as trees uh oh, complete
0: with bark oh that's like the perchten the perchten spirits there are some that look just like krampus like the the gohorns and all mm-hmm. and then there's ones that are made out of moss and then there are ones that are made out of pine cones and on and on and on and on. There's many different perches. Some of them have bird heads. Some of the bird head
1: ones are pretty cool.
0: Some of them are made out of stained glass with giant six foot headdresses that have to be balanced on their back. Yeah. This is why uh, people. It, it's literally just a, a, a endurance thing because a lot of times they'll have female characters that are portrayed by men. It's because of the sheer size of the costume.
1: Yeah, the costume weighs 250 pounds and they have to walk five miles.
0: On mountains, yeah. So it's a, a lot of uphill, a lot of downhill, a lot of steep
1: slopes, and the Not- guys train all year round just so that they can carry this weight. Yeah, it, it's it's a whole thing, and but it's it, it all comes back to community and community building. The easiest way for us to do it is to have fun during holidays and or random celebrations. I'm having. I don't know. It's. Uh, I can't think of a time where we don't have a heathen holiday, but. It's Tuesday, so I'm having a party. Come on over. Have fun. Yeah. It just just and have then, fun and then to you. then when when everybody goes home and the next day I hope that you had fun at the at the heathen celebration that, that I threw and they're like, What? Yes. Yes, we did very heathen things. Didn't you notice when I said cheers to everyone here and everyone who couldn't who couldn't come? Well, yeah, I remember that. I didn't know that was a heathen thing. Yes, yes it is.
0: That's the thing is almost everything in culture is heathen. That's why people don't notice it. Mm -hmm. It's something as simple as trick-or-treating. Like I've brought this up before. All the people giving out treats and everybody trick-or-treating. Like I even wrote this in a post. Let's say you're trick-or-treating and all of a sudden there's a kid that shows up in your group and you didn't quite know where he came from and he's got kind of an odd costume. And how dare his mom let him trick-or-treat on his own? And then all of a sudden he disappears, you know, five houses later and he's off with a different group. That could be a goblin. That could be an ancestral spirit. That could just be the weird kid from that house down the block. You don't know. But that's the point. That's mm-hmm. why you dress up. doesn't matter. I like to think the spirits typically prefer the older costumes because it, it's kind of the point. But really, they could they could be Buzz Lightyear, Iron Man, whatever, whatever they feel like.
1: Yeah. And it's it's fantastic so currently right now and we'll be probably talking about this every holiday because we have up until now so why break why break a good tradition right halloween's coming up do the be the most halloweeniest person that you can be um take people to your local haunted houses and the the corn mazes and unless you set them up and then invite people um don't worry about making money off from it. it. If you do, like, I understand some things cost money, but don't try to make a huge profit. It, don't allow the monetization to limit our holidays. But I can't afford a cool costume. That's fine. That's fine. Take, uh, makes uh, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Take a sheet and throw it over your. Throw, wrap it around your head. Well, that's what the writers would do. It doesn't matter. It was matter. a black sheet and a
0: melted milk carton.
1: Oh, yeah. That's that's what one of their... Uh, yeah. So those those dark... During that, that Yule holiday. They was wearing costumes. Costumes are also oddly in Halloween. Hmm. Go figure. But the costumes were made out of black blankets. The one guy was wearing a towel. But most of the people had black blankets or dark green blankets so they just wrapped blankets around themselves and then the ones that figured that they might end up getting close enough to where people could see them the masks that they wore was a milk jug that was cut in half they took poked holes in it put a string around their head and they kind of melted the plastic of the the milk jug to kind of make it a little bit more comfortable where cut big ass eye holes in it And that was their costume was a blanket and a milk jug. The other guy, his costume was a blanket and one of his shirts that he pulled really tight around his head so he could see through it. Well,
0: and those are what old school costumes used to be. If you look at like uh, old school um, vintage photos of Halloween costumes, they were mostly simple like that. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing is costumes are rare now uh, because like uh, last time I put a lot of effort into a costume was a few years ago and. I went around town dressed like that, and everyone was freaked out. They thought I was gonna like mug the place. Yeah,
1: it's
0: like people. uh, No, I wasn't even wearing a mask. I had like some war paint stuff on.
1: Mm -hmm. But that's why you need the community, even if it's just your family. Get your family participating and, and and invite a neighbor, whatever, and grow your community from a seedling. Grow it out so that you can then have. Gaggles and gangs of people dressed up, being silly, running up and down the street, inviting people to run and be silly with them. Well, and actually, we were speaking about how tribe is not a very good word. This word is
0: too, you can't really use it in English, but in German, basically the word stem is basically derived from what the Germanic word for tribe. A stem like a stem of a tree, mm-hmm. like, a, like a stem of a branch. It's a good, it's solid a st- word. It's a stemming off of the tribe. Plant the seed, grow the tree, and stem off, and maybe you will become the father, the mother, the, the founding groups of a great tribe one day. Mm-hmm. And we need to bring these back because without the community, without the clans, without the tribe, without family, without each other, paganism will die on the vine. We can't revive it if we're trying to be isolated, if we're trying to be super serious, if we're trying to be some if we're trying to
1: be what the Christians said that we are.
0: Well, I mean, people even realize Or the
1: universalists. Let's stop picking on Christianity. If we try to be what the universalists say that we are, it will it will finish withering on the vine and die.
0: Well, and you can see when people are having fun, you know, when someone, Mm -hmm. I don't know, goes, goes to a Morris dance. It goes to a uh, harvest
1: festival, the state fair. There's people and there's people that think that I'm extremely outgoing, that I'm very uh, what, what's that, extroverted. I am not. I am extremely shy, except, except with people with deformities, except for with people with deformities. That, that's that's it. I got to run right up and talk to them. But at a gathering, there's music playing. No, everybody's being wallflowers. I will go out there and if I have to, I'll grab a cardboard cutout and start dancing and, and jumping around and acting the fool and dragging people out there. And come on, you're brave enough. You can get out there. She's pretty. If you don't dance with her, I will. And and get a party started because somebody has to do it. I am terribly shy. It is very uncomfortable for me to do that. That is an act and it. An, extreme act of courage for me it is a sacrifice to get people doing things
0: well and part of the benefit of the community is people like that like uh you told me when you were young there was a a dance and all the girls refused to dance with the guys because they claimed the guys couldn't dance Mm -hmm. old lady that was there got just angry at them she's like no all these boys can dance every one of them can dance it's you girls that can't dance and old lady proceeds to dance with every single young boy there to prove to the oh. girls they're the ones that couldn't
1: dance. and not just any dance she was doing like the sock hop hop dances where she's doing the flips and whatnot she told us what to do like i'm going to do this this is going to be the signal that i'm going to do a flip and all i need you to do is stiffen your arms stiffen your back and i'll do the rest because like on the lifts all the girls want to experience the lift the girl jumps. The guy is just catching. He doesn't actually physically lift her or he would blow his spine right out of his back. I mean, He might provide a little bit of lift, but if he has to physically lift her up, no, it's not going to work. In ballet, where those lifts are done all the time, the ballerinas jump, and he just kind of steers her and then, then stops her. So he's literally just catching. He's not lifting her. She's jumping up there.
0: Well, and that's the other thing is dances. We've actually talked about this. It seems like such a minor thing, but a lot... Let's
1: save dances for the next community podcast because we are out of time. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. So, and it's a really good conversation. And that was excellent. I love that. We got to do that every time. Uh (laughs) Okay. But uh, yeah, guys, go out. Don't be afraid to be silly. Don't be afraid to be... And I know sometimes it's scary, but don't let the fear stop you from from starting something wonderful and fun that people look forward to. Don't be afraid of being the life of the party if you have to. If you're an introvert, do it anyways. Sacrifice yourself for your people and and be the life of the party to get people started. They're scared, too. Yeah. On that note, I'm I'm out see you guys next week
0: and i'll just say paganism is about the people it's about living life and because of that it's so important to have fun we're all gonna die someday you might as well go out in a fun way in an adventurous way with the people you care about preferably with them not dying right alongside you and with that the lore keepers out